This podcast is sponsored by AAA, the American Automobile Association. AAA members get discounts on tickets, resort accommodations, and more at Walt Disney World and other Orlando attractions. If you book a qualifying Walt Disney World Resort vacation package at select AAA offices, you'll receive a free subscription to touringplans.com, as well as dedicated trip planning resources just for AAA clients. Go to AAA.com or ask your local AAA travel agent for more details on this offer. Hi, and welcome back to the Unofficial Guide Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. This is Len Testa, and I am here with the man who convinced Snoop Dogg to convert to Rastafarianism. It's Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? It was very tough. He didn't like the shaving. <laughs> but, the, uh, but the smoking thing, he was already on board. So really, you just had to convince him about jerk chicken, I think, in your set. So trust me, as a jerk, I could do that. <laughs> so. Here's my chicken. All right. So we're, uh, we're standing in front of the walkway that leads to Disney's Wilderness Lodge. Yeah. And again, it's, it's honestly, this is, for me, one of the more pleasing hotels on property. I mean, again, you can hear the trucks, you can hear the things going by, but this, you, you drive through this curving path through the wilderness, and you arrive... You, again, you discover this hotel, you know, just just here in the woods. And when you you think that literally, just on the other side of there is you know the giant contemporary hotel. Yep. And you know, and just beyond the woods is the canal, and there are boats. And it's like how you can create this peaceful green space. You know, real testament to the way you know, uh, you know, Peter Dominic, you know, tackled this project. Yeah, we uh, we walked up here the, in the walkway from. Fort Wilderness, and you know, it, as we were talking about in the previous podcast, it was a lot of nature. We were on a you know maybe a ten foot wide path, asphalt path, for a mile and a half, and all of a sudden you make this right turn, and you see you start to see signs of wilderness. You see the green signage, you see the uh, the rectangular or the, sorry the square arts and crafts style lights. You see a couple of them. You turn this corner, and there's this lodge. And and again, that, that sort of doing a Reader's Digest version of what we did previously. This had always been, or doing a um, a national park style hotel had always been part of the plan for Walt Disney World. In fact, in '71, if you look at aerial photographs of the property, this site was cleared out. Yep. You know they would, but it was for what was then known as Cypress Lodge. But this wasn't even. I mean, never mind about Phase One. This wasn't even Phase Two. This was like okay. 1981, 82, we'll get around to this. In fact, that's when Disney began talking about doing this hotel again. But it was it was a post-Epcot project. It was like, after Epcot is a success, we will build this hotel. So they uh, so they put it on hold for a while? Well, you know, let's face it, when Epcot opened in 82 and didn't meet attendance productions and suddenly, you know, Disney stock price is, is falling and the green mailers attack and, you know, Ron Miller is out and Michael Eisner's in... They were a little distracted. Yeah, they had other things to worry about. You know, so it really wasn't till the late 80s that Eisner started digging through the pile of old ideas and came across Cypress Lodge. And was like, ooh, that looks cool. But again, it was the notion then, it was a 550-room hotel right. with 50 little log cabins along the water that mm-hmm. were then going to be used, you know, for honeymoons. And Eisner was, you know, he kind of liked the grand statement that had been made with the Grand Floridian, and you wanted sort of a companion for that, but he didn't want an Imagineer-designed hotel. So he reached out to Peter Dominic uh, with the Urban Design Group, and Peter, you know, did his due diligence. He went to the national parks, and he came back and found a way to do a modern resort hotel um, with an, uh, 
a national parks theme that was still very Disney. And so, so we're walking into the into the backside of the uh, the main lobby right now. And as we walk up, you know, you, if if you guys, have, if any of any of you uh, listeners have been to a national park, uh, there are a couple of things that jump right out at you. Out at you. One is the uh, the green metal roof. Mm-hmm. The other one is the the six-story use of it's essentially a six-story Lincoln log structure. Mm-hmm. The, the the visual style, the visual colors, um, are all uh, you know, deep earth tone browns, uh, reds, greens. By the way, do you know that green is the uh, is the one color that's represented in every Disney resort? I did not know that. Green, but uh, so we're walking through the uh, through the walkway now from the bus station into the main lobby, and it's got the exposed pine uh, beams. It's got huge pine logs. Again, the arts and crafts style of the lights. It's very good. The other thing that I love, by the way, the background music here. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big Aaron Copeland fan anyway. No, I mean, so. again, I, 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 I love this hotel for what it is. It's just, you know, in a weird sort of way, it's this peaceful green oasis. But it's at the same time, it's dramatic. You know, it just yeah. it's well, dramatic spaces and, and great theming. So we're about to see it right now. We're uh, we're walking into the uh, we're walking, walking past the gift shop, walking past the uh, the Cubs den into the side. And one of the interesting things about walking in immediately from the side here is you have a constrained view. The the, the walkway doesn't immediately open up into the lobby. It's they actually shrink the ceiling down towards maybe nine feet high, and it goes past the initial set of guest rooms. It goes past the gift shop. It goes past the telephone station, and right around the point where you get to the guest services desk and just past the mercantile the ceiling gets a little bit bigger a little bit bigger and then dun, dun, bam, dun, dun. <laughs> bam it's, yeah, it's five stories high so. talk about the lobby Jim well it's an amazing space in fact by coming in from the side we kind of missed some of where Dominic was incredibly clever I mean for example we're on the second floor that's right, right? because you know because of building up in Birmingham the whole first floor of the hotel, which is mostly back of the house stuff, um, is out of sight. Whereas, you know, we get to enter coming up this hill, you know, step out of our car and come into this giant lobby, which, you know, again, the scale we're looking at, you know, for example, the 55 foot tall uh, collection of lodge poles here. That, right, that you know, form the four pillars of the uh, the main lobby. But you see, um, you know, the, each of the, the tops here has individual animals from the, whether it's a turkey, a wolf, you know, a, a great mountain of. Uh, a Rocky Mountain goat. Huh, look uh, at that. I've never noticed that before. And at the same time, even the, the totem poles here, you know, each have their own individual theme. We have the crow, and on the other side, we have the raven. Um, the crow and the raven. So, um, but no, it's, it's just, it's, it's an amazing scale. And at the same time, epic, epic storytelling. I mean, just the fireplace for well, Let's go over and look at the fireplace. Okay, 82 uh, feet tall. And yet, you know, it's not enough just to be a fireplace. Okay. <laughs> You could, you could roast a whole cow on the inside of it, by the way. But what Disney decided to do was let's use this fireplace as a way to tell the story of the Grand Canyon. So what you're looking at here are actually all of the levels of strata for the Grand Canyon. In fact, if you look close, you can actually see individual fossils. I mean, this was, you know, this is a piece of artwork as a fireplace. This is interesting. So you start at the very bottom and there's like a basalt sort of granite base. And then, yeah, you can definitely see how it's not brick. It looks like it's layers of, like, accreted mud or dirt or sediment mm-hmm. going up. And they're different colors periodically. But it's all with the, with the same sort of southwest palette or northwest palette, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's sort of the mossy greens, the sort of smoky charcoal colors. 
Oh, absolutely. And, and again, and more to the point, you come here on a, you know, a cold, wet, you know, Orlando night in November, December, and, you know, there's a waiting line to get to the rocking chairs in front of the fireplace. I mean, it's a great, great space. Yeah, it's really nice. It's, uh, it's the, the thing I like about it, too, is it's its own little niche, mm-hmm. but it's in the corner of this huge, you know, modern hotel lobby. But you can sit over there, and it, it's, uh, it's essentially quiet. And, it, in fact, I, I, honestly, it, it, well, my ex-wife would kill me for saying this, but... Just above the entrance, if you take the staircases to the side here. Oh, the, yeah, the lobby. The, right uh, above the, the lobby entrance on what it, the equivalent of the, the third floor of the hotel. There are two separate fireplaces up there. And it honestly, it's this beautiful, peaceful oasis in the hotel where you get this grand view of the lobby. Yep. But nobody ever finds it. I mean, it's, it's this great little quiet spot. I used to come here and nap when I was uh, doing the Magic Kingdom wait time loops. Ah, it okay. Was, uh, he's a little, I mean, again, the only people that go there are the people who are walking from one, you know, who lost their room on the on the third floor mm-hmm. and are walking from one side to the other trying to figure out what room that they're in. There you go. Yeah, but there's, I mean, we can, we can see it. There's no one there right now. But at the same time, you can see, for example, when Eisner said, I want the Grand Floridian, but as... You know, a, a national park hotel. I mean, if you stand here and look at the multiple levels, you get that same aspect that you get in the lobby of the Grand Flow. That the yeah. you know the balcony's looking out. But at the same time, yeah, throw, throw in some gingerbread, replace the uh, replace the cedar pole, the pine poles with gingerbread. But then again, you have storytelling in a very different sort of way here. I mean, for example, you have real storytelling. I mean, for example, these Indian artifacts that they, they, they Disney went out and reached out to the the, the creek, the the crow, the Cherokee. And ask them for representative artwork, and you know, in some cases, what Disney did is would literally take pieces and then have them recreated. Because obviously, again, this is a hotel lobby. There's going to be light issues, right? That sort of thing. But the notion of we respect your culture and we want that to be part of our hotel. And what's interesting is that the Native Americans have actually embraced this in a big way. In fact, every November, they literally come here and do a cleansing ceremony in the lobby. The notion of <laughs> chasing off a year's worth of bad spirits that may have accumulated in the hotel. Oh, that's neat. You know, and I'm always a little concerned that they would come over. That means you, Hill. Get out. <laughs> Jim, so. Jim, you've got to go. <laughs> they just point at you and scream with an open mouth sort of. Uh... So we're standing above a case of, uh, of footwear, Native American footwear. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, these things are all intricately beaded. I mean, oh, this, we're looking at, uh, you know, men's and women's um, slippers. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've got to be populated with Thousands and thousands of little beads in, you know, reds and um, teal blues and whites. It's, and, and again, directly across it's really from you, an amazing headdress. I mean, the notion is, yeah, again, this is, you know, a celebration of, you know, bo- not just the national parks, but Native American culture. Yeah, the West, uh, yeah. But it's just, again, what cracks me up is, you know... We're, we're, we're walking over towards the geyser that's in the middle of the lobby because every hotel, gym needs a water feature. <laughs> but this is a water feature unlike any. This is the origin point of Silver Creek. And the idea is that Silver Creek, you know, a heated thermal spring, which is the reason they, you know, the original founder built the hotel here. Um, it then, literally, you can watch it trickle out down and form the pool. That's right. And this is one of my, this is one of my favorite features of the, uh, of the resort. In fact, in the early design of the house that we're building, mm-hmm. it had that exact idea, a thermal spring coming from inside the my bedroom going out into the into the garden. And I got it. I mean, I, I'm totally ripping it off from this idea. Ended up uh, not working. Apparently, uh, 
Uh, there, there are humidity issues with uh, residential construction doing that. Well, go figure. Yeah, okay. I know. But but it was it was it was in the first draft of the idea. I actually did keep the uh, mm -hmm. the uh, floor to ceiling uh, windows in the uh, in the design. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. We'll be doing the podcast from the house very soon. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, I mean. So we're walking past uh, uh, Artist Point mm -hmm. and the uh, what's the name of the bar? Oh, isn't it Roosevelt? It's the it's it's uh, themed to Teddy Roosevelt somehow. Uh, I'm sorry, blanking the name. Uh. But, uh, but more to the point, I mean, remember when this was built? We're, we're talking, you know, initial design in 89. Territory Lounge. Yeah. Um, this is really one of the first Disney hotels that took ADA very serious. I mean, look at this. That's right. Yeah, so we, we've just walked down from the main lobby down to the pool level, and we did it on a giant ramp. Mm -hmm. But it's not just a giant ramp. It's a giant ramp with inlaid tile and beautiful carpets. That's and right. it's just it's sort of like, you know. You know, yeah, and it continues all the way down to Roaring Forks. I mean, mm -hmm. you could you could fit three wheelchairs or three uh, ECVs mm -hmm. across here. In fact, there's parking for ECVs right by uh, Roaring Forks. Well, you know, that's, that is sadly the age we live in. You know, Disney now. Um, in fact, you know, uh, jumping ahead to a podcast we'll be recording later this month, Cars Land, the Radiator Springs Racers, is the very first attraction where the entire queue is uh, electric cart accessible. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So, so we're walking up back towards the um, the pool area, and we so we've followed the the path from its ori origination at the geyser. It goes down through the U-shaped uh, hotel rooms. You can you can hear in the background the waterfall, Silver Creek Falls, that uh, that the water comes out of, and it's just gushing. And you know, there are these huge boulders. You can actually walk through the boulders. There's a great scenic overlook area up here. Have you been to it? Yeah. No, 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 I, again, this is a favorite hotel of mine. I mean, coupled with, you know, the wildflower garden here. Oh, that's right. So they've got, uh, they've got wildflowers and colors of uh, purple and blue and red and yellow. It's, it's really very picturesque. And the, the back of the hotel is just as impressive know, as the front. Stunning space. But, again, it's interesting, for example, coming to the Magic Kingdom, or coming to the Magic Kingdom to here, and looking at how much more sophisticated the rock work is here, say, in comparison to the rock work you find in the Jungle Cruise. That right. As Disney, as yeah. it went through the ages, they realized that, you know, again, you just sculpt a piece of cement and painted, you know, brown. It's like, no, that's not a real rock. Um, yeah, this has, this has fractures and crevices and... It's not sort of the smooth surfaces. It's much more angular, like mm -hmm. you would see at granite, especially granite that's been run over by a uh, by a glacier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and more to the point, again, you're dealing with with thermal issues. In fact, we should walk probably walk down to uh, their old faithful equivalent. Um, I don't know how close we are to the so hour. We're, we're walking back towards the uh, towards the end of the pool, and it, it, this is this is the part that this is what my daughter would do. So mm -hmm. the 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 geyser that starts in the lobby ends by dumping into the pool, mm -hmm. and the water rushes into the pool. And you know what the effect is? You know what this is, right? Mm -hmm. This is salmon swimming upstream. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> we're actually watching a tiny salmon trying to, <laughs> to climb up now. It's the the complete. Don't do it. There's locks <laughs> at the other end and cream cheese. It's a bad idea. <laughs> and bears. The. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, the, but but it makes it complete that they you know they could have just sort of fed it in through any number of ways, right? Mm -hmm. But to, to make it like like you know you're you're a salmon swimming upstream is just a mm -hmm. is is just a great uh, is just a great idea. I don't know. Again, it just this is this is a, an entirely different level of storytelling, like in regard to a Disney resort. Of course, you know again like you know we keep saying this, you do something and then six months later 
you find that maybe we shouldn't have done that. I mean, for example, <laughs> with the uh, the geyser here, which starts at 7 o'clock in the morning yeah. and keeps going till I believe, 10 o'clock at night. So there's a uh, fog coming out of the geyser right now. We're back. At, what's the name of the geyser again? It's not Old Faithful. It's... Uh... It's something else. It's for your safety. Oh yes, the, the 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 lovely, famous for your safety geyser. Yeah. So it's uh, uh, we've got it's got fog machines. So there's uh, there's mist coming out of it. Uh, and again, great view across the way of the the defunct Discovery Island. But, yeah, that is amazing. But what they found out was that again, this was set to to shoot 120 feet in the air. It was dramatic. It was amazing. And it at that height, particularly when the wind was blowing, it was getting the balconies wet. Really? Yeah. Wow. People were finding out, you know, they'd drape a towel or clothes or a t-shirt and they'd go out in the morning and the thing was soaked. <laughs> what, the, what the? It's soaking up the humidity from the Florida air. It's like, ay! So what Disney did is they actually put in an altimeter and determined that, okay, at this wind speed, we can have the thing go up, you know, 50 feet. At this wind speed, they can go up 20 feet. On a day when the wind isn't blowing, okay, we can, or, the, or when the wind is blowing that way, yeah, we can do uh, the 120. The so, I mean, again, it's Disney trying to make, you know, a guest-friendly experience, but at the same time, make a dramatic statement. And again, you know, only a Disney can do this. Um, so they've got, to, so they've got the height of the geyser pegged to the wind speed and direction. Yep, that's amazing. Yep, you know, and in fact, they, they actually, what's kind of interesting is they use the exact same technology for um, World of Color. Really. In California, that you know, in fact, depending on the night you're watching it, which direction the wind is blowing from, or how strong the winds are, it's like, wow, look at this fountains, as opposed to, hey, look at the little dinky fountains. <laughs> it just occurred to me doing a little finger gesture yeah, on a podcast. Probably not going to work. Okay, never mind. This is a great view, though. So the uh, the rooms that are in back here, mm-hmm. uh, that are in the back of the resort, mm-hmm. have a so they obviously have the, the in the foreground they've got the pool, but in the back, yeah, they've got Discovery Island, they've got. Bay Lake. Uh, they've got this lovely walkway, which is pine, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's a wonderful space, but but again, sadly, in fact, we'll, we'll walk over here and kind of address. We've got about uh, five minutes until the geyser goes off, anyway, so we probably don't want to be right where we're standing okay, right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll stroll over to the beach, and that's again what's kind of interesting. You notice, by the way, the water comes out of the pool; it keeps going back toward, like it's like it's going back towards the lake. Yeah, you can see here. We'll give you a little sound of the uh, the water in the background. doesn't just go back to the lake. I mean, that's literally like uh, another thermal pool, that, that, like the morning glory pools from uh, Yellowstone. And, uh, and then there's another stream, and eventually it goes back, I'm sure, to uh, to some sort of water reclamation or sanitization process. But for now, it's just, it's just lovely. But speaking of water safety and water cleanliness, as we walk down toward... Uh, we're passing the, the pool bar which is closed right now because it's early in the morning and no one other than Jim and I need a drink right now. Oh, and we've got, the, of course, the Northwest Caribbean music. This is from uh, North Barbados. I want to say, isn't this the guy who wrote the theme song for Taxi, Bob James? <laughs> <laughs> so, Oh, there's a beach. There is a beach, but here's the interesting thing. You can't go in the water at the beach. You can't go in the water at the beach? Well, look at it. You have chairs set up. Yeah. And but we have the nice little time. You know, I've never been on this beach before, and I've really? stayed at this hotel like a dozen times. Okay. We we literally have sand in our toes now. Mm-hmm. But you go down to Bay Lake. We're walking towards Bay Lake. We're gonna make a swim port. By the way, oh, uh, so uh, uh, listeners, don't tell anyone this, but I, I've actually found the room at the Grand uh, at the uh, Grand Floridian where I can swim out to the middle of uh, uh, the island. You know, in the middle of uh, Seven Seas Lagoon. 
I found the closest uh, hotel room for that. I'm going to get Ooh. some scuba equipment and make a swim for it one day. Cool. Don't tell anyone. But here, look at this. We are... We so we're now like 10 feet from the water, and it's it's just like... It's a seawall. They've built a seawall on the beach. Right. Huh. But not only that, let us walk over at the edge of the seawall. What do we have? We have a sign that says no swimming. No swimming. And that, that water looks to be... Well, I can't see the bottom of it because it's green. Mm-hmm. Eh, it looks to be about four or five feet deep right there. But yeah, there is no swimming. Is it because of the boat traffic? Well, you know, but the interesting thing is it's no. You see, there's a buoy there. The boats don't get in close enough for this. This actually doubles back to our story about a river country. This was one of the reasons why river country stopped operating. That as, you know, you know, it was one thing in 71, you know, after Disney had, you know, basically drained Bay Lake and found all of this wonderful white sand and used this white sand to cover the bottom of this and the shores and all of Seven Seas Lagoon. Right. And then they closed the water system and then it turned back into what it was. It was a central Florida lake with all of the various scary amoeba type things that are in that sort of water. Yeah. And Oh, people get that in their nose or in their eyes or in their ears. And that stuff can happen. That, you know, as we, we changed in regard to our attitudes toward health codes and that sort of thing, that... That became a thing that Disney Legal just could not deal with. So it's it's just, for me, it's just so ironic that we're literally we're looking at chairs facing the water. Yeah. And in no, Florida. In Florida. And you can't go swimming. You can't go swimming. Yeah, it's true. But on the other hand, you have a spectacular pool 100 feet from here, so it's like. That's true. Perfectly safe. You know, hot tubs, everything. This is a great view, by the way, from the from this edge of the beach, and you can't see it from the hotel, but uh, you see Bay Lake, and you actually can't see the Contemporary from here because it's uh, crowded up by those by those trees. But again, ironically enough, you can see Bay Lake Towers. Yeah, you can see Bay Lake Tower because it's, in fact, it's 13 stories tall and you can see the top uh, six floors. But you see, I uh, mean, this is the, the genius of Peter Dominic. Until they built that hotel. Yep, you, know, you couldn't you, see anything. No, <laughs> you were, you were in the wilderness. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah I, I mean, look, you can't even see the Magic Kingdom. There's no, you know, we're looking left to right. And so the Bay Lake Tower sort of forms the left anchor of our view. Uh, right in the middle is Discovery Island, which, mm-hmm. what was it, like a half mile swim? Oh. I would say quarter mile, half mile. Yeah, uh, maybe with a maybe, yeah, half mile uh, with some scuba gear. Yeah, you know, it depends on how many, how much cinder block and chain you have with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but you can't see for you can't see the Fort Wilderness, because, yeah. but it's, it's right over there. It's yeah. to the our right. Yeah, in fact, I mean, you can just see just there the, the touch. You know, in the woods, you can see the little you know cypress walkway that used to be part of you know the, the fun aspect of River Country. That you can oh, get that's that. right. Yeah, you can, can't you? Boy, that's that's slowly being reclaimed by nature right there. Well, <laughs> until DVC. Gets until it. DVC. <laughs> All right, so we're walking back off the beach now to uh, going back. Have you? Uh, so we were talking earlier about the uh, about the villas mm-hmm. uh, that they built. So speaking of DVC, um, this was one of the uh, first DVCs that they. Expanded to Wilderness Lodge. Is it because they... What was the idea behind adding the DVC here? Well, you know, right out of the box, this was a hugely popular... Oh, um, yeah. It's a moderate. Yeah. It's, well, it's a... Okay, it's a deluxe, but it's, mm-hmm. it's priced more like something between the moderate and the deluxe. And, and more to the point, um, it was close enough... I mean, you got to remember that, that, you know, DVC didn't immediately get into the whole monorail resort idea. They had to sort of ease in. You got to put a toe or two in the water. Right, and, right. Like, you know, they wanted to be close to the kingdom... But they didn't want to be so intrusive that, you know, they were actually in the kingdom. Right, right. So um, so this was close enough. But, you know, but again, it was the notion of, you know, Dominic came back to them because he found out they wanted to de- do the DVC and said, look, we worked hard at the storytelling here. You have to preserve the scale yeah. of, the, of the resort. Right. You cannot just drop a hotel next to this thing. I have to design it. 
So, again, <laughs> so, you know, so Dominic then looks at, okay, so it's a different part of his point, it's a different construction point, um, and we're about to be... Oh, there's a Segway, there's the, uh, the Segway tours coming up. You know, you can buy these, by the way, they're, uh, they're at the, the corporate store, you know, the, uh, what's the surplus place that, uh, that Disney has? Are you kidding me? Yeah, they're $250 now. The used ones that they've uh, that they did for the Segway tours inside of Epcot. Two hundred fifty dollars for a Segway. So, yeah, I'd pay for, I'd pay that right now, so we wouldn't have to keep walking. <laughs> we're, uh, I'd use it to torture the cats. <laughs> so we've got a Segway tour coming up, but we're on the uh, we're on the backside right now of the main resort. We're getting ready to walk over to the uh, to the DVC itself, mm-hmm. and we've got uh, this is a pretty decent sized group for the uh, for the Segways. We've got two, four, six, seven, eight, eight people. Nice. We got Tail and Charlie with the stop sign. Yeah, so. exactly. But it's a uh, and we've got some uh, some lawn mowing going in the background. <laughs> the uh, the back of the resort, though, also consistently is themed as the uh, as the front. So the oh, back no, of the absolutely. I mean, you, you look at the you know the footers that again very reminiscent of what you'd see in a national park. Yeah, they're triangular shaped. Mm-hmm. Look, look like they're made out of, they're made out of carved stone. So anyway, getting back to Dominic, so he's like, all right, I gotta, you know, this has got to continue the storytelling. But how do I continue the storytelling? And eventually, he hits upon, well, you know. They can't just have opened the hotel. I mean, there had to be people who built the hotel. And where did the people stay who built the hotel? And that is so, that the theme behind this. This that's, that's exactly genius. This is where the workmen who built Wilderness Lodge stay. So it's just that little bit more that's rustic. Good. It's that little bit more, you know, smaller scale, rougher. Um, yeah, it's a couple. It's a couple hundred rooms. We're gonna sit at the uh, at the pool here and talk for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a couple hundred rooms. Mm-hmm. So the the scale of this is is great in terms of a DVC because uh, you've uh, you, if you've been inside the lobby, mm-hmm. the lobby here is actually pretty amazing. Oh yeah. For for the size mm-hmm. uh, and the proximity to a to a big hotel, they could have just put you know a, a small first floor with a bank of elevators and uh, the fitness facility. Mm-hmm. But the it's a, the first floor of the DVC is railroad themed. Mm-hmm. So it actually has some of Walt's personal... That's I, I, And I, I love the fact that they did that. They reached out and got pieces of the Lily Belt. You know, that, yeah. that are, and, and again, these are you know, miniature rail cars that Walt Disney himself built. Yes. And you know, the notion, and again, the, the way that works, I think it's in the, what is it, the Golden Spike Room? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the notion that this was the rail point um, where the supplies again the the you know the eighty five loads of of lodgepole pine that were brought here to build this hotel this is the railhead where they were dropped off of and this is where the guys lived who got up in the morning and then figured out how to get those lodgepole pines into place um, it's just it's a really really clever story it's it a, is you know but again but Dominic and and you look at the scale of the two buildings they share common materials they share, share colors yep. but they they're two very different stories but they stories that complement one another. It's true. So. Yeah, the, uh, there's a little bit more stone, mm-hmm. and uh, in the in the DVC, and mm-hmm. a little bit more. It's it's not quite the lodge pole mm-hmm. uh, construction on the outside. That looks more like it's more uh, wood siding in different color schemes. It's, it's lovely. Well, it's, it's, just, it's supposed to be different things, right? No, that's exactly. And more to the point, this is the the building that got built quickly because again, these are the guys. And in fact, that, that you know, which again, it's got to be somewhat ironic for the people. Who bought into the DVC because they, you know, they paid the big bucks to to be part, and they're you're staying in the cheaper hotel. You're paying to stay in the one we put together quickly. So, excuse me. The um, so. the balconies on some of these DVCs are really really nice because you've got 
either a view of this this stand of woods between the the DVC mm-hmm. and the main hotel, or you're actually looking out onto uh, to Bay Lake. It's really nice. Well, but but again, the interesting thing is, first couple of years this opened, um, you may remember that that they were, at one time they actually did an indie race. Yeah, on uh, at the Speedway, right? Oh yeah, that um, they did it for a couple of years, right? Two, yeah, one, two, something like that. And yeah. eventually, one of the reasons they decided to stop doing it was because for the weekend that that was run, um, literally all you could hear for the, the ten or twelve hours that the race was being run, and just totally destroyed the. You're in the woods. You're you're far away from everything. Yeah, and the Polynesian too. It's a and oh, it, it was a great idea. It was. It was. It's but just not not in the right spot. You know, it, they could have put it over by a white rule of sports, and you could have had the traffic from I four. That's drowning probably that true. That's yeah. probably true. But, but the, the other hard reality there was that they were looking at you know one of the things happened when they opened Epcot and uh, Disney Hollywood Studios and and uh, Animal Kingdom is. The huge park there for the Magic Kingdom never really filled up the way it used to. They they had these giant piece of land in the middle of literally in the middle of the property that just wasn't being used, and so then I was like, well, we have to do something with it, and that's when they came up with the indie track idea. And, yeah, but again, it's a one mile trioval, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, they, you know, Disney being Disney, they eventually well, wait a minute, we, you know, who does the the, the driving thing? Who did the uh, Richard Petty? Let's yeah. reach out to him and. And now, you know, that that's, you know, a, a fairly lucrative thing for the company, right in the middle. And, you know, Richard loves it because, you know, at any time anyone's coming, parking into the parking lot, they coincidentally just drive them right by there. It's like, what the hell's that? I want to do that. Exactly. So, that's nice. Uh, the other thing I like about this, uh, about this resort, going back to the to the DVC, you notice how the, the lighting mm-hmm. transitions from the square arts and crafts style to a circular arts and crafts style for the DVC. So again, Disney could have used the same lamps. I'm sure they've got a warehouse full of the ones from the Wilderness Lodge. But for the DVC, they came up with a different style of lighting. And it's true of every resort. No two resorts have the same lighting. It's so funny you mention that because just yesterday, you could do a book by the way on on, on Disney lighting. No, 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 absolutely. Uh, just yesterday, I, I I did a quick walkthrough of um, the art of animation. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I, I I did this wonderful interview with uh, Dave Bosser, who was actually in charge of. The artwork and the sculptures for um, uh, for art of animation. It was, in fact, was telling some amazing stories about when you went from the six inch sculpt to the six foot sculpt before you finally committed to the really large pieces. You know, uh, you know, for example, Scar's eyes crossed. You know, <laughs> because yeah, you know, on a six inch scale, you wouldn't notice it. You know, and so it was one of these things. He literally had to call on Andreas Stasia, the, the the guy who was the animator on Scar, and it's like, all right, this is the photograph, and it. it Andreas actually drew over the photograph and showed them how to re-sculpt it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was over there yesterday afternoon. I made it into the Little Mermaid section. And yeah. it, it's fascinating. to The very thing you're talking about, it's like, it's oh. these nautical light fixtures. The lights are different in every resort. Yeah. And, and you know, on, on the other side, you know, just literally, what, a, a quarter of a mile away, Radiator Springs Racers. It's all, you know, this, this small town, 1950s, you know, yep. lighting. And just... But again, just the notion of you'd commit to that level of storytelling, that even the light fixtures have to, yeah. you know. Yeah. The, the thing that amazes me, too, that is, you know, just to, to stay on the subject of Disney Resorts, mm-hmm. the the level of commitment that they show on, on things like that, even in the face of, like, budget cuts and recessions, and it's still all different. I mean, you, you couldn't tell the difference between the lights at French Quarter and Riverside, if they, you wanted to use the same one. You mm-hmm. wouldn't, no one would know, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, but they still use different ones. The other thing that's really interesting, I don't know if you noticed over at, uh, at Port Orleans, we're going to have to do a, a show there. Mm-hmm. In uh, in each of the uh, Riverside mansions, mm-hmm. 
the wrought iron work on the railings inside the buildings are different. I've heard the... different different wrought iron designs. They could have mm. used the same design and said, "Oh, this is the this is the Riverside design. It's it's consistent throughout all the room." No, it's completely different, and it gets more it gets less ornate the farther away you go from the first building. Because the first building is supposed to be closest to town. It's supposed to be the most fancy. There we go. Isn't that interesting? No, again, and, and the notion that somebody sat in a meeting and talked about that. Yeah, and somebody yeah. approved it, too. Yeah. They are like, okay, yeah. well, how much is it going to cost? All right, we'll go ahead and do it. But again, the, the flip side of it is is be, often when you, you commit to that level of storytelling, that's one of the reasons why these resorts take, take so damn long. Yeah. I mean, again, when you think about, you know, Peter Dominic started designing uh, Wilderness Lodge in 1989. You know, Eisner... Digs into the pile of ideas. It's looking 86, uh, 87. Starts hunting for an architect. Finally finds Urban Design Group. And in, it's another three years before they finally settle on design they like. That's 92. Three years. They start construction. This isn't open till 94. So from 86 to 94. See what I mean? I mean, and, and think about this. Eight, that, nine years, actually. Yeah. And, and you cleared the spot for this hotel in 71. You know, so, you know, it, it's... What is it? Twenty-three years before it's finally built. Um, but the, they did a great job on it. This is a very—it's a very relaxing resort. No, the, uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You I wish they, the interesting thing though about one of the interesting things about it that the rooms really don't—the mm-hmm. really, rooms are really like moderate size, mm-hmm. three hundred forty, three hundred fifty square feet. Was that was that intentional? Were they so that we in the guide we say that this is essentially a uh, uh, a deluxe moderate. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a deluxe on the scale of the Grand Floridian, but it's. The rooms are bigger, and obviously there are more amenities than uh, a traditional moderate. Was that by design? Well, I mean, that that was the thing. Dominic wanted dramatic. And and face it, when you're committing to a lobby of that size, and, you know, you're committing to this sort of scale, and you you eat up your entire first... I mean, don't get me wrong. We're looking at first floor, you know, wings mm-hmm. uh, that have rooms in it. But you, you couldn't use any of your first floor on the... In the first part of the hotel for right. rooms. Because it's all lobby and shops and restaurants. It, then you had to cheat someplace else. And to get the rooms in, you did have to sort of creep in the size. So the, the irony is all of the all of the dramatics, all the theatrics are outside of the room. And but but you know, let's think about it. This is and and what's that's kind of counterintuitive to you know, that's a nineteen ninety two idea. And now it's it's two thousand twelve, it's it's twenty years later. And look at the rooms at the Art of Animation, where you know. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, but again, more to the point, the theming is everywhere. In fact, I, I remember I was in doing a tour with the designer, and he took me to one of the Carsland rooms, and he said, "You know, one of my favorite things is to bring people in, and they go to that place where they have the fake postcards and watch them try to pick them up off of <laughs> the desktop." It's, oh, it's it's built in. But no, I mean, the, face it, our tastes, our ideas of what a Disney resort have changed, and now people want not only a dramatic setting. I mean, you know, a beautifully decorated hotel outside. They want it inside. They want it in the rooms as well. Yeah, they want to... So, the end of the resort period, I think, is through uh, soft goods yep. um, refurbishments. You know, every five years or so, everything mm-hmm. gets uh, gets changed out. The uh, the decor, obviously, has to stay the uh, the same. But the one thing they can't really change mm-hmm. uh, is, is the size of the room. Now, again, 340, 350 square feet yep. by European standards is mm-hmm. monstrous, mm-hmm. right? You could fit a family of eight yep. in there. But, uh, you know, Americans, you know, for a deluxe resort, we're looking at 400, 450 square feet. Well, it's so funny you, you bring up the, the, you know, sort of changing out the room. Right now, uh, Wilderness Lodge is in the middle of a six-month-long room redo. Uh, excuse me, room redo. That, that, you know, changing out, you know, various elements. Uh, you know, again, it's it's so funny that, 
You know, you can tell the age of the room you're in by whether or not you have a flat screen. It's true. <laughs> you know, how big the flat screen is as yeah, well, yeah. No, that's it exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, they and, and to give Disney credit, they're doing that here. That yeah. They recognize that this is an issue. Uh, and there's one thing that they're doing mm-hmm. to uh, to make the rooms seem bigger is it looks like the size of the armoire, the uh, the dresser, mm-hmm. is shrinking. So the TVs are getting bigger. The uh, the armoires are shrinking a little bit. Well, face it. When's the last time you actually really unpacked? I yeah, mean, I mean, it, I, well, I don't. That's an occupational thing. I, I well, no, no, but think about it. Yeah, it's like I got to put the socks in here and the t-shirts there, and you know, yeah. I got to move the Gideon Bible. I mean, you know, <laughs> nobody does that anymore. Yeah, really. I just you know, I, I use one drawer for dirty clothes, and yeah. I might you know, I might unpack so, you know, everything into one drawer, but I don't. One number one, my vacations are shorter, so mm-hmm. I'm bringing less clothes. Number two, it's hot as hell in Florida all the time, mm-hmm. so I'm bringing shorts and they can mm-hmm. fit in fewer drawers. Yeah, but that coupled with the fact that you, you're creeping down the size of the armoire, but you're creating the space that people can use with their laptops, you know, exactly. you know, and it's just sort of recognizing that people vacation differently than they did in '71 or '92 or whatever. Exactly. That's so, what I did. So good. You want to back to, towards the hotel and we'll wrap up the uh, the show? Well, let's go look at the miniature train. Come on. Oh, the miniature trains over in the in the uh, DVC lobby. All right, so, we'll we'll end that we'll way. End. All right. Hey, do you need a towel, by the way? <laughs> yes. We could use a quick dip in the pool. I was about to say, be... though, though, that's this afternoon, right? That's it. It's also bubbling springs in the in the pool. Again, they didn't have to do it, but I love it. Yeah, I mean, again. Oh, so uh, so one point, I was, I was telling Jim this uh, earlier. Uh, one of the things we're doing for the unofficial guide is trying to figure out how to rate pools, mm-hmm. uh, not only Disney pools, but, but around the country. And one of the things we're coming up with is the idea of uh, the ratio of the number of guests that could use the pool to the size of the pool. And one of the interesting things is if you look at the size of the, the pool at uh, the uh, Wilderness Lodge DVC mm-hmm. and the number of people that are in it, like 192 rooms, 200 rooms, something like that, it's actually one of the least crowded pools relative to its size in all of Walt Disney World. Things like uh, Bay Lake Tower is actually fantastic in terms of that ratio, too. Oh. Um, and, uh, and so is uh, the treehouses at Saratoga Springs. But, uh, yeah, again, this, it's a great pool. In the middle of the day, no one's using it. But, uh, but the other pool is actually starting to get busy. But, you know, again, that... that... You know, it, it, it fascinates me that Disney will put this amount of time and money into pools, but at the same time, they don't want you to stay there. <laughs> they They'll slowly start the creeping park. up the heat. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, you know, in a lot of ways, they don't have to do that, if anything. Um, you know, that, that, that could be a rather elegant cheat. It's like, well, it's a tiny pool. Oh, but there's a giant water park right over there. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we're going to the Magic Kingdom. You want to get wet? Splash Mountain. Again, you notice the lighting has changed on the on the whatever side of the lobby. On the uh, the lights here are square, arts and craft style, but they look to be uh, uh, copper that is aged. So it's got the patina of aged. I don't think it really is copper. It's probably steel painted, but but still lovely looking. No, I agree. I agree. And they've just done such a nice job overall. But but again, I just I love the level of forethought. I love the notion of. You know, this exor- resort existed before that resort. Yeah, you know, that's a great story, by the way. I didn't know that. That's uh, that's gonna be something we'll have to uh, we'll have to use for the book. Okay. Again, you notice the uh, the lights here up front are also that round. That is really clever. So. Yeah. Oh, we're coming up on a Mickey carved topiary. Apparently, the uh, the workers. Oh, is this? Dun, dun. Oh, this is the Billy Kid, the Kid Suite from uh, Aaron Copeland in the background. Oh. I totally am a huge Copeland fan. Mm-hmm. So we're coming up. That's those are actual birds. All right, so we're going to go into the lobby of the DVC here. Of course, the irony is that just off to our right here, had they gone forward with it, uh-huh. is where the train station would have been. This is oh, where... So that we're, on a long, we're on a long wooden walkway, almost like a boardwalk. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fully covered in a uh, triangular uh, green metal roof, mm-hmm. and to our left is swampland. It's, it's, I mean, you can see water. 
you can see the uh, sort of the, the fronds of the palms. You can see the cypress and the uh, uh, pines, you know, in the in the uh, swamp area. So what, it would have continued out to the well, right? Well, the notion, again, this is the head, the, 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 the railhead, where they stopped, where they were going to build the um, the resort. So, um, so you ended up with, you know, well, obviously there had to be a train here. And this would be the train you boarded that would, you know, take you down to whether it's Fort Wilderness or, you know, if they go forward with Wilderness Junction, but right here. So this is great. We're on a, uh, we're on a, a stone wraparound porch. I mean, complete with rocking chairs, a little walking trail. <laughs> and, of course, <laughs> your favorite, the oh, green electrical. The green electrical <laughs> box. <laughs> Jim and I were talking about uh, room views earlier. We uh, had this thing about uh, my photos always inc- including some sort of large green electrical box. Yeah, but there's a there's a pathway here that goes way back. This is... Well, that that that's where we started today, Len. Let's go in the lobby, and, uh, okay. and uh, we'll do a quick walk around the lobby. Again, this is one of my favorite, uh, favorite yeah. lobbies, especially... This quiet green space is at Walt Disney World. I know, right? You've got some classical music playing in the background. You've got rocking chairs. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got a lobby. Mm-hmm. So we're going in there. It's a lobby. Walt. Oh, there's a laptop playing with a thing called Walt's Railroad Around the World, and there's a DVD collection. It's Jim Corcus. It's Jim Corcus. <laughs> oh, there's apparently some sort of railroad convention going on here. This is fantastic. So this. Society oh, the Carrollwood Pacific Historical Society. And that is, do you know what that is? Uh, see, the Carrollwood Pacific was Walt's Railroad in His California. Backyard. 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 Yeah, exactly. That's very good, very good, That's cool. That's what Carrollwood stood for. That's what inspired Walt to build, which turned out to be Disneyland. Oh so we're looking at the miniature Walt Barn. So we're actually looking at a, at a, a, a scale railroad model on a huge tabletop of... Uh, of Walt's Railroad. This is amazing. If you see the video. Oh, oh, there's a video too. Video's playing on DVD players as we go along. We've, we've hit the railroad jackpot here, Jim. The video is of my layouts that I built in myself. It's fantastic. Right, Jim. Well, this is a good place to, uh, to I think, end our story. Um, I think so. I think we're going to spend the next four or five minutes of doing the doing, doing the tour thing. Oh, this is fantastic. All right, guys. Thanks very much for uh, for listening. For uh, for Jim Hill, this is Len Testa. You've been listening to the unofficial guide Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. Again, please uh, go rate us on iTunes and uh, leave comments and suggestions for what you'd like to hear on the next show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.